This episode of Geekorama is sponsored by Crock and Roasted Coffee, Dark Spice Rum, the deliciously decadent way to make punk rock more punchy and comics even more enjoyable and combustible. So get your full geek on and embrace the many tentacle pleasures of Crock and Roasted Coffee, Dark Spice Rum. Between the time when the oceans drank Atlantis and the rise of the sons of Arius, there was an age undreamed of. And unto this mass movement, destined to bear the jeweled crown of geekdom upon its troubled brow, it is we, mass movement's chroniclers, who alone can tell thee of its saga. Let us tell you of the days of geek adventure. Hi folks, and welcome to episode 14 of Geekorama. We've got a packed show for you this week, uh, lots of books, lots of bands and music to play, um, and an incredible interview with an old friend of mine called Stephen DiLamocchio. Uh So before we get into it, let's kick things off the right way with the new single from The Drowns. This is Lunatics and is out on Pirates Press Records now. Sleep at night with a cost of your 
time to start talking books again, folks. So let's kick off this episode with The House by Drew Zucker and Philip Sevy. It's published by Dark Horse Comics, and this... Wow, okay, so it's a far-from-traditional haunted house story that's set during the Second World War, um, in which a squad of American soldiers find themselves trapped in their own personal hells that are manifested in the house of the title. Uh, the art's sort of deliciously noir flavour and the story's haunting, raw, visceral and it really does feel like an old DC comic that's been dragged kicking and screaming into the 21st century. I'm not going to spoil it for you because the story is just incredible. Um, it's sort of about redemption but at the same time it's sort of about the hell that we all face or the hells of our own making that we all face. Um... So if horror is your go-to and your bag, you really need to check this book out. That's The House. It's published by Dark Horse. Um, and it's available from your local comic book shop. And now... All right, well, you're probably going to notice that this episode is a little bit Beer City Records-centric. Um, and me and Mike Beer City, <laughs> the guy who runs the label, we go back a long, long way. But that's another story for another day. So um, that means we're going to... Sp- because it's a Beer City Records special, obviously, it means we're going to spin some tunes from the latest uh, releases on the on, on the record label. Um, and we're going to start with Barkhard and Kick Me Out of Hell. Um, it's taken from their Shut Up and Skate album, which is just about to be re-released by Beer City. I'm not sure when it was originally uh, released, but knowing Mike, it's an 80s classic. Um, and if this track is anything to go by, we're all in for a treat. So go and check out the Beer City Records site and Bandcamp for further details. And this is Barkhard. Satan is making my eyes. 
That was Kick Me Out of Hell by Barkhard, which is taken from their Shut Up and Skate album, which has just been re-released by Beer City Records, and you should be able to pick it up by going to their Bandcamp and their site right now. Let's move on, shall we? On to the next book, uh, Non-Stop Spider-Man, a Big Brain Play by Joe Kelly, Chris Piccolo, Tim Townsend, and a couple of other good cats. Um, it's published by Marvel. Oh, God, I goddamn love Spidey. And I love Joe Kelly and Piccolo's take on the character and how... And the way this book feels, looks, and, and just moves. It's got a fluidity that that's just keeps the story f- flowing from page to page to page. Um, so it features a young, sort of bitter, um, and then battle Peter Parker, who's in a full-on revenge mode, as he tracks uh, a, a, a drug that drains people's intelligence and hands it off to somebody else throughout New York City. Um I don't want to go into any more detail because, as I said, that's, that would involve spoilers and I'd be telling and I don't do them. Um, but the book just looks gorgeous, th- thanks to Bacallo. And it is dripping in, in just mind-blowingly fantastic art. The storytelling's wonderful, the characterization is spot on, and the dialogue is laugh-out-loud funny. And it'll just keep you, you know... It, it, it's the Spidey fix you all, we all need at the moment. Um, it's, it's non-stop Spidey fun. You don't want to read this book, you need to read it. And if you're a fan of the War Crawler and you believe in the friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man, yeah, you're going to need this book, folks. So just pop along to your local comic book shop and get it. That is non-stop Spider-Man with a big, uh, big brain play. It's published by Marvel and it's available from your local comic book shop and now. Right, let's move on again. Another Beer City track. This time, let's have The Offenders with Face Down, which is taken from Endless Struggle. Again, it's going to be reissued by Beer City any day now. So let's get down with some of Texas' finest punk rockers. This is The Offenders, and the track is called Face Down.
I hate to be pedantic, but some punk rockers really can be that way. Uh, and I'm one of them. The track was actually called Face Down the Dirt. It's taken from Endless Struggle by The Offenders, and it's about to be re-released by Beer City any day now. Okay, so moving along, swiftly along again, shall we say. Black Hammer Reborn Part 2, published by Dark Horse. Uh, damn, just when Lucy Hammer thought she could put the, uh, the Black Hammer down and her father's legacy away for good, she's pulled back in by Jeff Lemire in another world-ending cataclysm. Except Lucy now has a family and all the complications that brings and juggling the end of the world and trying to keep everything on track for her husband and her kids. Yeah, that's more than any woman should ever have to deal with. Um, it's all kind of about the trauma of the American dream unfolding in a world where anything is possible and the world could end at any given second. You know, kind of like the world we live in. Except Lamaya and uh, Caitlin... I'm going to try and say her name properly. Jeff Lemire and Caitlin Yarsky, uh, the artist responsible, have done an incredible job of bringing this book to life. Um, I've always thought like Lemire's take on Black Hammer is is the definitive superhero book of the modern age. Um, it sort of picks up where Watchmen left off, except it's more brutal, more encompassing, and more all-involving. Lemire's building a universe, and... With Caitlin Yarsky on on his side, he's doing an incredible job. Um, it just looks fantastic. It's pure sort of retro-age superhero artwork that pops off every panel. Yarsky is, is one of these artists who are just like, oh my goodness, I wish I, was a I had a fraction of that talent. And we all know how I feel about Jeff Lemire. I think he's one of the greatest living writers at the moment. Um... So whether you've immersed yourself in the Black Hammer universe yet or not, I advise you to just get this book. <laughs> Seriously, and if you haven't been reading Black Hammer, I've got one question for you. What the hell is wrong with you? It's literally, as I said, the best superhero saga at the moment. Um, It's a uni it's universe and world building. It's incredible. Um, so that's Black Hammer Reborn Part 1 uh, by Jeff Lemire and Caitlin Yarsky. It's published by Dark Horse now. And you really, really, really need to read it. Right, more music time. Let's move on. Again, it's another re-release uh, re from uh, Beer City. Um, it's Multi-Death Chicken Stains by MDC. And the track I'm going to play is called Dick for Brains, which is basically uh, my life story summed up in a song. Um, it's always been one of my favourite MDC tunes, and this is sort of an alternate take on it. Um, so yeah, this is MDC and Dick for Brains. Yeah. 
That was MDC and Dick for Brains taken from Multi Death Chicken Stains, which is re released by Beer City now. So, yeah, pop along the Bandcamp and pop along this site and just pick the record up. Again, another book time Warhammer 40,000 Sisters of Battle. That's right, folks. Marvel are moving in the Games Workshop universe. This time it's by Torrent. I hope I'm saying this right. Gronchek, Edgar Salazar, and Arif Pianto. Um, yes, I said it's published by Marvel. It's not for the faint-hearted, uh, and the sisters of the Adeptus Sorantes in this story, at least, are sent to free Sisiska from the scourge of chaos, uh, workers' rebellion, and they need to restore the flow of Prometheum to the Empire while restore while rescuing an undercover Inquisitor who may or may not have gone native and joined the rebellion. Um, it's sort of an allegorical tale of the class struggle and the taint of power and its corrupting touch, and it sort of, it addresses like the the the, the problems that beset the modern age but gives it a lovely science fictiony games war games workshop warhammer twist by including the scourge of chaos and the corrupting touch of evil um so there's lots of bolter action lots of monsters lots of death and destruction betrayal the, the story twists from one page to the next you never know what you're gonna get um and it just looks incredible the artwork is is yeah well the artwork is is just gorgeously detailed and it makes the story pop off in the page not that it needs to because i'm trying to say this guy's name i really i'm really having difficulties so i apologize to him is a uh, gronchek toron gronchek or toron gronbeck um who his, his story will literally pull you in to every single panel um and this is this will convert even the most hardened warhammer cynic into a, a, a devoted fan of the emperor's cause so yeah, that's Warhammer 40,000 Sisters of Battle. It's published by Marvel now. And if you've ever wondered what the Warhammer 40,000 craze was about, this book will pull you right in and tell you everything you need to know about it and make a gamer out of you. Yeah, uh, I, I am. I'm a believer. All hail the Emperor. Let's have some more music then, shall we, folks? Okay, so as I've said before, it's a beer city sort of centric episode because me and Mike go back a long way and I, you know, um, he always releases great, great records and re-releases great records. Um, so, let's uh, have some more offenders, actually. This is uh, Never Cared. It's taken from We Must Rebel, which is also about to be reissued by Beer City Records. And again, as I've said before, you can find it on the label's Bandcamp or you can find it on their site or directly from them. It'll be cheaper than ordering it from somebody else. So, this is The Offenders and I Never Cared. Let's see. 
That was The Offenders with Never Cared, taken from We Must Rebel, which is re-released by Beer City Records now. Right, moving on to the final book for this time, Critical Role, The Mighty Nine Origins, Jester Lavort. Um, it's by Sam Maggs, Laura Bailey and Matthew Mercer. Um, and it's a beautifully spun story of teenage rebellion and mother's love for a child and how finding your own voice um, kind of set the long health status quo, especially if you've got a friend who's along for the ride who is not exactly the best of influences. Uh, just a sort of perfect thief type character um, who craves adventure and freedom and eventually manages to find it in a way she never thought possible. Again, it's beautifully illustrated. It's it's just one of those stories that any D&D fan is going to love and appreciate and feel and they already know because when you create your characters... Just as one of those sort of all-encompassing universal ideas that everybody has taken heart, taken to heart at some point. Everyone has played this trope. Everybody knows something about Jester before they even read the book. Um, and yeah, the Mighty Nine. Wow, critical role of knocked out the park again. It's published by Dark Horse. It's by Sam Magsdor Bailey and Matthew Mercer. That's critical role. The Mighty Nine Origins. Jester Lavort. Pick it up now. If you love playing D&D and you love rolling that 20-sided dice to find out what your future is going to be, you are going to absolutely adore this book. Uh, and finally, uh, our last track for this time. It's, again, going back to Beer City and it's another MDC track. Um, this is the infamous Chicken Squawk, taken from Multi-Death Chicken Stains, which is re-released by Beer City Records and should be out as you are listening to this. So pop along to Bandcamp, pop along to the band's record pop along to the band site or the record label site and pick it up. Uh, it's MDC and Chicken Squawk. Friends and pants, bake those little chicken knees. What's with these? Let's swing to the west. 
thing to do is be just plain chicken. Yeah. Right, well, that's about it for me for this time, folks. That's the closing moments of episode 14. As I promised earlier, though, we still have something left, a special surprise for you. Uh, it's an interview with Stephen DeLavosio, um, long-time punk rocker, author, hardcore fanatic, and the and the uh, co-publisher of Dwarf Books. Stephen is one of those awesome guys who, when, you, when you're in his company, you can't help but want to spend as much time as possible with him. Uh, I've known him for years, but <laughs> oddly enough, this is the first time we've actually spoken. So anyway... This is Stephen DeLavocio, the co-publisher of DeWolf Books. Um, dudes, when you hear this, you're just going to adore the man as much as I do. So, yeah, take it away, Stephen. I'll see you next time. Folks, meet Stephen. Stephen, meet the folks. This is a boy. It's you. <laughs> How are you doing, my man? I don't think I ever knew what you looked like. You very rarely put up pictures of yourself. Well, I, I don't do selfies. I, I have a face that only a mother could love, you know? Good for you. You're a better man. <laughs> How are you, Stephen? You all right? I'm doing well. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm I am very, very good today, I think. Excellent. It's, it's very cool to kind of, like, meet you <laughs> yeah. on the second level. So, it's almost real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, close enough. Close enough, man. Right? So what is your geekiest pleasure in life? Oh, my God. It, I guess it depends on how you describe geeky. I really, and this is going to sound awful, but I'm a person with really no interests in life whatsoever. <laughs> like, I'm not a comic book guy. I'm not a movie guy. I'm no. not, uh, God, I, I, I'm a music guy, but I've never been a collector. Right. Like, when I was a kid, most of the records that I bought that would have had any kind of worth whatsoever pretty much got sold for stuff by the end of the 80s throughout the 90s so yeah. i never you know i don't have like the first pressing of this that's going to bring my the, the only thing i've collected in my life that i've managed to hold on to to this day are my books and even that's not like a collection where like i buy rare books or i have rare editions it's just i literally have had hundred hundreds and hundreds of books that i've bought over the years so that's pretty much all i really got but it means something to you so that's your pleasure oh, oh absolutely i mean i i grew up very the very typical you know the outsider kid you know didn't have friends that's how i found music right. and when you're like 12 and 13 and you're i guess maladjusted you spend a lot of time by yourself in your bedroom if you're lucky enough to have one. And what do you do? You listen to music, you read books. And that's – here's the thing. I was a normal kid up until I was about 10, 11, 12. Hmm. I played Little League. I you know, I was into toys, everything little kids like. Right around 11 or 12, I had an aunt who was a program director for uh, uh, like a, just a regular rock station – here in philly right and she was like the younger cool aunt and i'd go over there and she would just let me go nuts on her record collection well dude once i found fucking music once i found black sabbath like everything else ceased for me <laughs> i didn't care I, I dropped out a little league i started smoking cigarettes i started smoking pot like all the bad stuff that happens i was i was that but like by the wayside when any of all i cared about was music that's all i cared about 
See, uh, you, at least you can blame Ozzy for your downfall. You know what I mean? Who am I? Oh, go- absolutely. Who, who am I going to blame? Steve Harris and I made that dude. He's like square and then square, like you know what I mean. <laughs> so, where did the Wolf Book start? Um, it's a funny story. I was um, I live in Philadelphia now, uh-huh. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Born and raised. Um, I get it was about two thousand, right around two thousand. Actually, my, my wife and I we moved down south to be with her family. We lived down there for a bunch of years, and during that time, you know, the internet became the internet. Yeah, social. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, it was it was before social media. It was before Facebook, and I was doing a lot of freelance writing. I was trying to make my way as a writer, and I had a, a, a like a very small zine type a publication up around my area. I forget how I hooked up with them, but I was writing an article about like what I grew up with in Philadelphia, the shows that I saw, stuff like that. And as I was writing it, I kept having these memories about another place that we would go to that it, you know, you had to have a car or know someone that had a car because it was like an hour and 20 minute drive from where we were, but it was this place in Trenton, New Jersey called city gardens. And it was just, this club that had just this reputation, but I never knew anything about it. I had gone there to show, I never knew who owned it, ran any of that stuff. So I'm, I'm touring around online uh, looking for information, like old flyers from gigs, anything. And I come across, again, back before social media, when they had those like news groups, like a Yahoo news group. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So I went in there and I was asking, you know, does anybody have any information? I'm, I'm writing this piece. I'd love to talk to anyone. And this woman kept uh, emailing me on the side and kept saying, you know, contact me outside of the group. I have a calendar of every gig that ever happened in that place. And I was like, holy fuck. So I started talking to this woman. It turned out to be Amy, Amy Wolfing, who is now my partner. Right. And. She told me for 10 years she'd been working on an oral history about the club, the bands played there, and I was excited. I was like, you know, let me help you. I know uh, she's she, I'm, I'm younger than her, and I was into way more of a hard, hardcore scene back then while she was more of a punk. So we had a great fitting. Like the people that I knew were from different eras than the people that she knew. So I, I started bringing her all these interviews that I was just doing just for the hell of it. She asked me, you know, officially, do you want to be my co-author? We did it. So fast forward, we got this book. We're trying to get it published. No real publisher wants anything. You know, they're telling us it's not sexy enough. It's too New Jersey. And we finally said, fuck it. We said, let's just do it ourselves. We grew up on DIY. We we'll do yeah. it just like a record label. And at that time, Kickstarter was a big thing, and you know the the various social medias, me, me, this various social media wasn't as restrictive as it is now. You could post stuff, and the people you were friends with would see it. it right, right. That's yeah. It. So we did that, and we got such a response because the club just had so many people had fond memories. We got all the money to print it. We did it ourselves. And I said to Amy, I was like, you know what? I kind of really like doing this. Like, I always knew I wanted to be a writer, but the kind of like editing that I was doing and the idea of finding people and helping them get their books written and published really appealed to me. So Amy and I were talking and we we're like, let's do it. We'll do it like, like an old punk rock record label. Like we run it ourselves. We'll take care of everything ourselves. And, we talked to a couple, we work with people that 
we have at least some connection with. We like to keep it in, a, in the family as much as possible. People just started coming to us. Hey, I got this idea. I got that. I, I was like, something in the stars is telling us to do this. So we started, we started with our city gardens book. We put out a book by a great guy from, from New York hardcore, Freddie Alva. Yeah. 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 A fantastic historian, like just, just a great kind of like, he kind of started off as like a zine writer and he's got that mentality of capturing stuff that happened. So we, he, you know, if you saw the book that we put out, he was real big on the New York city graffiti as it pertained to the hardcore scene, because that was like a really underrepresented, underrepresented kind of art form that came out of hardcore that not a lot of people really talked about. So we worked with Freddie. That was fantastic. We worked with my buddy, uh, 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 Mark Wasserman, who's a ska guy. And he wrote the, this oral history on ska. It was a fantastic book. And we've managed to do that. We've kept it in like, like I had interviewed Mark because he's a Jersey guy. He right. played and went to City Art. So I knew him from that. Freddie, I've just known for years, just from being like scene guys, stuff like that. So that's kind of how we work. We look, I specifically look for people who have never written a book before. I like working with people like that. It's, there seems to be less of an ego or an attitude and people are just really, you know, you're a writer, you understand, like you can get burnt out very easily. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. You get very jaded by everything. And you just, it just, it lumps on you and burns you on. You just, you reach a stage, you just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I really enjoy working with like people who've never, even if they've written, they've never written a book before, which right. as you know is a very, very daunting thing to take on. But um, and it's it's been really cool. It's worked out really well. Like you know, like I said with Mark, and now like my most recent thing, we just finished and sent over to layout and design to get ready to go to the printer. We're working on this Adrenaline OD book that uh, Dave Scott, drummer. Dude, that is going to be so good, man. Man, I, I cannot wait for And you'll, you'll obviously get an advance, even if it's just a, a PDF yeah. to read it. Dude, it is such a good book. And what I think my favorite thing about it is it's so – it's lighthearted and it's funny and it doesn't have, like, it just seems to me, and I'm not putting this down at all, yeah. but it seems to me, every punk rocker that tells their story, every hardcore guy from the band that tells their story, so many of them, they have to, like, hit rock bottom. And I'm not, I'm saying, I like, I no. absolutely respect that, but this is a book that brings a little light more than anything. It's it's just very funny. The dudes in AOD are just great oh. dudes who... Bruce is, know, like, one of the funniest dudes in the world, but... Amen. Yeah, and, and and Dave, they're, they're, him and Dave are like one and the same. So when you read Dave's book, the the, the humor, the just the the like one of the things he says in the book is in the very beginning, he's like, "I'm the luckiest bastard that ever lived. Like I got to play music that I love, and I got to go on tour and play it with my best friends in the world." Right. So that right there, dude, you're like, I'm like, oh, that's just. You don't get enough nice stories coming out of, you know, our scenes because, right. you know, it's it's based on heaviness. And, I, you know, believe me, we've I've read heavy things. I've put out heavy things. I understand it. But I'm um, I like the balance. When, when you read Dave's book, not only are you going to laugh out loud, but it's it's got 
it's it's everything you want about a punk rock. It's got great tour stories. Just the bills that that band played on and the other bands that they played with for years. And, it just and that's just a, blows my mind. What, what, when they won the biggest bands in you know on the East Coast. You know, and it's funny too because there's a lot in the book that'll explain that. And right. You know, mostly it's a timing thing or a punk thing. Like, like Dave talks a lot about because they were so fast when they started, they, you know, if you weren't paying attention, if you don't know what they looked like, you would think they were a thrash band, like a metal band. And they always, like he says, they got courted by a lot of, you know, what were the bigger metal labels at the time. Well, they did Humongous Fungus Among Us on that metal label. Was it Combat Core or, yeah, was it Combat Core? Or metal play, some road runner, someone like that. One of those metal labels did humongous in Europe. I know that because that's the print. That's the, the print I've got it on. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Yeah. it's a European thing. I'll ask them about that. But I know, I know they they definitely got courted by those guys. Hmm. And and Dave says, like in the end, it just didn't make sense. You know, the people that knew us knew we weren't a metal band, and and plus. You know, they had, out of their scene and out of New Jersey, they had formed, like, they, there were a bunch of different bands, but there were also a couple of labels, one of which being Buy Our Records, which, right. they, which all the AOP guys had a hand in creating and working. So it was kind of like, you know, and I think at the end, they decided to stick with, you know, as far as at least here right. in the U.S., they, they stuck with their roots. And it I think it kind of sort of left them behind because this was going into those transition periods of, like, 86, 87, 88, where metal was getting really big and crossover was getting huge, especially in our scene. So it was kind of like they were, because they were melodic, especially as they went on. And Dave says, like, they sort of predated that whole pop punk explosion by about seven or eight years. So they missed that too. So it's kind of like one of those, they were just an in-between band. They kind of maybe fell in between and couldn't find a home. But you ask anybody that ever saw that band or or played with them or recorded, they're beloved. They're beloved by all. Nobody's got a bad word to say about them. That, that's, I mean, we, we've been waiting like 30 years to see them. And they were supposed to come over uh, just as COVID hit, got cancelled. They're, yeah. they're, they're playing like up the road from us. It's like, oh, let's go get pizza. Let's get, let's get hammered with Bruce. Not going to happen because the tour got cancelled. But, yeah. I mean, they'll be over again, so we will get to do it. But it's, it's just, you know, when, as and when. Yeah, and that that's kind of that goes back to what I was just saying. Like they had during the eighties, they had a couple other European tours planned, and for one reason or another, it fell through. And um, there are other things too, like like they were in a movie shot that had like Captain Lou Albano in it. Like they were yeah. they were going to be in a scene, being to have it. They did it all. They I think they did it in Connecticut. They drove up there. They did the thing. Did it for love. It was low budget. Never got paid. Movie never came out. It's like one of those things that AOD. Hey, we did this. We went into it full force, and it just never happened. Wish somebody's got to find that movie because that could be released via Kickstarter because that would sell. That's, that would sell. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. One of the others. I don't want to give too much away, <laughs> but Dave also talks about in his later years after the band, he also did a little turn at stand up comedy. Can you imagine how funny that was? That was, that was yeah, because, and it's like, that would be hilarious. It was like, it's like watching, like, Paul. I interviewed Paul Bear, you know, Paul. Right. 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 Now, right. Paul is, like, literally one of the funniest, most deadpan guys in the world. 
And Absolutely. he will crease up. And he's done stand-up comedy. Why, why isn't he, you know, touring the world, making a buttload of money? It's the breaks that some people get and other people don't because it's all cliquey, man. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you couldn't have said it more perfectly yeah. than that. But yeah, this the, the, the Adrenaline Ogie book, like it's got shit in it for everybody. It's it's part like tour diary. Right. It's part like behind the scenes, like, you know, here's the gear that we used on this record. It's got a shit ton of, of photos, like great old photos. Um, I think there's there's like ten pages of gig flyers alone. That's the thing with Dave; he's a huge collector of gig flyers. Right. He's he's got shit that that people haven't seen in like fifty years. He he told me about like you know back in the day when they when they tour and they'd you know they'd get out to California, they'd go up to San Francisco, and they were just they were great fans or great friends with a lot of bands. As you go along California, they were great friends with Italian Saints. You know, you go way, way up north in Portland. They they were playing with Poison Idea with like their their greatest lineups ever. And um, he talks about you know being in San Francisco, the band crashing at the Maximum Rock and Roll House, hanging out with Jello, and Jello being like, "Yeah, you can go through my collection of punk flyers, and anything I have doubles of, you can have." So Dave's got like really cool shit like that, and a lot of it made its way into the book. He's got great memory. Like he's, you know, it's like reading a tour right, diary. Right. Like he's got shows with dates with a flyer that goes with it and pictures from it for almost everything that's in there. So it's, it's, it's a good, it's good. It's a really good book. I'm telling you. So you did the hard times book too, didn't you? Yeah, that was, um, back in the day, Amy was part of hard times. Oh, okay. This, this I did not know. The guy who, who started it, Ron Gorio. Um, he, he and Amy, um, where Amy lives in Pennsylvania is basically right across the river from New Jersey. That's how she started going to city Gardens. Right. And I'm, I, I may be getting it wrong, but I'm pretty sure she basically just met Ron, like through going to, to shows there and New York and stuff like that. And hard times, the zine actually existed before Amy met Ron. So she came in later right. and she did a lot of work on it. And Amy being Amy, she's fantastic and keeps everything and is organized. So she, at, at some point, probably in the late 80s or early 90s, Ron had just given her all the shit. Here's everything. Here's all the originals. And it, it had been sitting in her basement for years. And, you know, once we started Wolf, and we're like, we need to put out some books. What can we do? And she kept saying, well, I have all this hard time stuff. I just have to put it all out. And I was like, okay. I, in my mind, I was like, oh, that could be kind of cool. I wasn't like geeked on it. And I, what, what I did, I put up a post about it. To me, it was just a, such a local zine. I didn't, it, it, the, I didn't understand the impact of it. As soon as I put a post up, so many people got in touch with me, like, oh my god, I remember that scene. I so I'm like, hey, you got to do this now. And basically, she basically assembled it all herself from all. Everything is from the original files, like <sighs> you know, no computer yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. It was all cut and paste and everything. We um we printed it up. We we went all out with the printing, which is a big deal for us because that's one of your biggest expenses next to shipping. And we just did all the the glossy, real nice paper. We put all the photo. It, 
Dad, it just came out beautifully. But all that, that was all Amy. She she fucking worked her ass off on that. But it's weird because like we did, like what uh, Jitter did the the triple X book. Yeah, on, on Bridge Nine, and that went out like bam, gone, sold out. Oh, you yeah. can't get it for love nor money anywhere, you know. Yep. I mean, I've, I've got, yep. I've got Chris sent me a copy of it, but dude, now trying to get it now, it's like you ain't gonna find a copy of that anywhere. Love, and it's just love. love someone for, sensed you one. I never, I still haven't gotten one. Uh, uh, Chris from Bridge Nine sent me one, so you know, I was nice. kind of, I was kind of like, oh, dude, you know, oh, flat and all that kind of stuff. Because I, I spoke to Jitter about, it and he's like, you got to read it. It's like, well, yeah, yeah, I'd love to, but you know. Because it's going to cost you like a million dollars to send it from the states here. Because that book is exactly. huge, and even that hasn't been the biggest problem. You know what the biggest problem is for me? I recently, my wife and I moved, and I don't have a car. I hate driving. I'm, right. you know, I'm a basket case up in my head, <laughs> and there's no for the first time in my life, like everywhere I've lived, there's been a post office somewhere within walking right. distance, and here there isn't. And I'm so goddamn lazy that I just haven't gotten up to the mailing it, it, That's all. Dude, it's, it's, it's all good, man. You know, so what's next after the AOD books? Because like, you've got to have something in the pipeline. Definitely. And actually, it, it might end up coming out right around the same time as the AOD book. Right. We're doing uh, the 10th anniversary edition. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Danny Marianino. He's the guy from Arizona that knocked out Glenn Danzig. Yeah, the, the yeah, Northside North Kings. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he and, he and I uh, became very friendly over the past like year or two. Fantastic guy, like just a great guy. And an absolute gentleman and another really funny guy. And he's really talented whether it's music, he's a really good like writer. He's very good at writing comedy and right. being fun. So uh, we were talking and it's like coming up on the 10-year anniversary of that book coming out. <laughs> And I was like, dude, let's do it. Let's do an anniversary. I was like, he was like, yeah, I've got so much shit has happened since then. I was like, do it. We'll, we'll throw in some new photos. He's like, yeah, I'll write some new stuff for it. We got, he got a new forward from, um, from Gloria. What's the guy from, uh, Sepultra, his, his wife, uh, Gloria. Oh, Gloria Cavalera. Thank you. Yeah. Um, she's a real good friend with him. She wrote a night, really awesome forward to it. Uh, he got some new pictures wrote like probably like a whole new chapter at the end detailing his life ever since the punch and ever since then and it's just it's another one it's lighthearted. it's funny so we're gonna do a 10th anniversary of that and then what i'm currently working on oh my wife just came in say hi to the missus hey pookie right yeah here they go we're good I lost you on the camera. Hang on. I must have hit something. There you I, are. I, yeah, I can see you. It's all good. <laughs> That's my friend Tim from the from Wales? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Pookie says hey. Hey, Pookie. So um, what I'm doing now, what is hanging over my head, around my, or around my neck, like an albatross, or as Tony Sprato's dad said, <laughs> like an albatross. Um, so we... Thanks to uh, Sugar Sim Kane, drummer extraordinaire. You probably know him from, from the Rollins Band drummer. Fantastic dude. Another oh, yeah. Trenton, New Jersey guy. Because of him, we hooked up with this guy named Abe Gibson, who has taken it upon himself to write a very exhaustive oral history of the SST record label, which is obviously... No way. You're doing the SST book. 
we're doing a, an SST book. There's one that just came out that Jim Ruland, who is a fantastic writer, he right. did Keith Morris's book with Keith. He did the Bad Religion book with those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his book, I don't, I, I just saw people posting pictures of it. So I don't know if it officially came out yet or it's on the verge of coming out. But he just put out an SST book. Abe's is, from what I understand, and I haven't read it, so I can't say anything about it, but from what I understand, that's more of just the tale of SST, right. whereas Abe's book is a, a very literal, very um, traditional oral history. He interviewed everybody that you could think of that's obviously still around, like everybody. Right. Um, just when I got, I got the files about a month ago and just looked. There's like 65 chapters. The manuscript is thousands of pages and needs to be edited. Dude, you, it's going to so be... you know where I'll be for the next five years. <laughs> so. You're going to be knee-deep in this, brother. It's, ne- uh, it's going to be like the, the, never end, the never-ending story. It's just going to go on and on and on. And you know, you know it came to me in a Word document with like 10-point font and as, you know, single space. Based, uh, so it's probably about 10,000 pages if I friggin' expand the goddamn thing. But it's, man, I started reading it just, you know, like someone who picked up a book and started reading it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's, it is very exhaustive. It's very extensive, but it's really good. Like I got hooked in immediately. Right. Obviously, it, it starts off tons, you know, with Ginn. It's amazing. Like Greg Ginn agreed to be interviewed. He's in it. Like he's. Which is kind of astounding. Yeah. Yeah. He must have gotten some really good shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know how <laughs> Abe's like a really cool guy, too. He might have put some kind of Svengali charm on him and got him to talk. I don't know. But he's got he's got everybody in there. And I just started reading because like where I started was where, you know, what I know best of us is. A, it's a lot about SST. I Ooh. don't know. And a lot of those bands weren't really my thing they were very cool but i never took the time to listen to them so it's going to be very interesting to me to read just as a fan alone but yeah i think it's going to be very cool for really hardcore geeks that are really into like histories of things and something you know as foundational monumental as sst records is it's pretty huge well the so fact you've got Ginn and rollins in the same book that is just oh you know absolutely you know, Dukowski's in there. Fucking all the guys from... Uh, Reyes. Um, every, all, all those dudes are going to be in, then they? Bots in it. Um, uh, Ron Reyes, I just finished. Mike Watts? Stuff that he said. What's that? Mike Watts going to be in there too, isn't he? Oh, guy, Mike Watts everywhere. You can't get rid of Mike Watts. <laughs> God bless him. But yeah, he's in there. And I'll tell you what, you know, I, I never interviewed Bot, but when we were doing the City Gardens, both Amy did. And Amy, Amy actually you know, had a prior relationship. She knew what Amy's husband, Howard, who is Howard Wolfley. extraordinaire. Yeah. No, I've, I've done some work with Howard anyway. So yeah, I know Howard. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So of course, of course he knew what, and he, he put us together. And when that dude speaks, you know, obviously he's got his own entire language. He's got, you know, that Pedro speak, but the man is knowledgeable. And when that guy starts talking in historical terms, not just about, him and the Minutemen, but just about music in general. Right. Man, I get so sucked up. I can listen to that dude tell stories and tell history for days. So you got people like that in the book. 
you got a damn good book. Well, what's what's what amazes me because you guys are based in Philly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, somebody should do a book about the pagan babies because that band always ruled. And I always wondered. What... Let me tell you something. Let me tell you how much I love the pagan babies. Right. Number one, those guys are the best guys ever. I'm really good friends with them nowadays. When I was a kid, when, when I was a teenager, I can't even count how many times I saw that band. See, you we, got. Oh, like, I, I, that like, fucking album, man, is just one of the greatest hardcore records isn't ever. It great. Oh. And it was at, at that time those two that came out on Hawker right at the yeah. same time as the Token as Jaybird came out. I know for an answer like, as well. It's like it's like the the, the ultimate the ultimate triumvirate of book of, of records. Like it's just yeah, absolutely. It's those guys, man. And actually, what I really want is I want someone around here to get off their ass and write an oral history of the entire Philly scene. Right. We do. We have some really cool history. Um, we've had like. We've kind of always had that thing that a lot of other scenes had. We didn't have that one steady venue. We didn't have the CDs. We didn't have Irving Plaza. We didn't have the A7 to start out. Right. You know, even like you look at Trenton, like City Gardens existed for like 15 years. Even Connecticut had, had the... Um... At the Anthrax. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of one of the things Like we had great venues and some of the early ones lasted a while, but Everything shut down. We always had a lot of those, like, you know, one place will have one show one time, and then, like, eight people will crash falling through the floor, so that place is shut down. Right. But, but we had some great bands. I don't know. Do you know why Die out of Philly? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, to me, that's that's the best, like, pure hardcore band that ever came out of Philly, which is Pagan Babies, like, a real close Cause, second. Because why Die are playing again, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They're, yeah. they're back together, and I know it's I know it's Jackal and and my buddy Chub Rock, who's one of the best dudes I ever knew. He's been playing with him. What up, Chub? And um, you know they they just did a show up in New York. I think it's Sheer Terror, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, they're they're playing shows. The Pagan Babies get together and play a lot, but they also have uh, Mike the Singer and Dan uh, form what they call the Heels, and it's basically the very exact same thing. It's the same melodic, same fast, like the. I mean, you would think it's a, it's the continuation of the Pagan Babies. Because nobody ever sounded like the Pagan Babies. That that sound it was just completely unique. And the fact you know they. Yeah. So what are we going to do with our with our debut? Well, let's check a Lime Spiders cover on this. Like what? Right. Yeah. Right. Who does Who was that? Doing that. Yeah. In nineteen eighty eight, I'll tell you one of one of the greatest shows I ever went to in my life. A because. The show and the bands were awesome, but B, it was what you know how you have those shows from your younger days, right? Where it's like it almost didn't matter who was playing, you just had so much fun because everyone you knew was there. And like for me, one of my favorite things about going to shows, you know, when you're younger, your world is so much smaller, but when you start going out, you have like show friends, and they're people you never see anywhere else because they live too far away, you don't have parts right. and stuff. And you only got to see them there. So it was um, 1988, end of 88. It was December. It was freezing cold, big snowstorm. And they had like a matinee. And I, I want to say it was on a weekday. And a lot of us were able to go because if you went to Catholic school, it fell on like some weird holy day that we always got the year, the day off. With. So it was a day show. And it, the lineup was Pagan Babies. Uh, another Philly band called the Serial Killers, which were just a great 
over the top schlock band, like all it was all about horror movies, all you know, like like they were a more brutal misfits with with a bigger scope of like horror films than anything else. So, so like Holy Garage from LA, who did that all? I love, yeah, yeah, right. Very yeah, very apt. So it was it was uh, Peg and Babies, Serial Killers, a band from Delaware called Infection, which who were great. Uh, one of the dudes, Sean, has been in like the Toilet Boys for years. You know, he went on and, and right. a, lot, a lot of those guys did some stuff later on, which was really cool. And then another Philly band called Dead Spot, who were sort of like they were sort of like sloppy grunge, before, you know, way before there was grunge. You know, right. this was like 87, 88, stuff like that. So it wasn't like any big time headlining bands. It was just one of our Philly shows. And my God, dude, and I just have such great memories of it. And the best set of that night, or that, excuse me, that afternoon was a pagan band because they fucking rule. And years later, you know, when I got to meet them all and, 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 and hang out with them and get to know them, it made it even better because every one of them, just great guys. They, they were a huge help when we did the city gardens book because they all played there and went there. So they were willing to be interviewed. They, they came down. We, we uh, did video interviews for the documentary that they did on City Gardens. And, like, they couldn't be nicer guys. Oh, God, boy, I love them. Mikey Heels, love you. The thing is, there's a friend of mine, Kip, who played the band called the Cowboy Killers. And they were, like, our local band. They were just incredible. Yep. And um, we were talking, like, who was like, the band you always wish you'd seen? And I said, what's the Pagan Babies? And he's like, what, you run on Black Flag? No, it's the Pagan Babies, because that record had such... <laughs> was played to death over and over and over, you know, and they just fucking ruled. That's awesome. That's so great. I, I love hearing stuff like that because to us, they're just, and, and I don't want to diminish them in any yeah. way, but to us, they're just the guys from around the way who had this band oh, and they dude. played every Sunday that, you know, any type of like touring band came through. They always, you know, Peggy Babies always got on the bill. Like, and again, I cannot express enough how like, they're just great individual guys, oh, like all. Yeah, well, next time you see them, tell them they had such a massive impact that they don't know about. Yeah, they. You I know. absolutely will. I know they'll get a huge kick out of hearing that. So that's so we, we so the SST book is there. Is there anything planned? Did you have anything sort of bubbling under the radar that you can talk about, or maybe you? We, I'm, I, I'd like to say yeah, and we've we've talked to some people. Um, there's a, see, there's a thing with writing and writers. People know this very well. Everybody's got great ideas, but when it comes to putting it on paper and getting it done, that's, yeah. that's where you separate the wheat from the chaff, I guess they say. Yeah. Like, everybody's got great ideas. Can you sit down and write a book? That's, that's the question. I, um, last year before, I, I guess now it's almost going on two years before the COVID got really crazy. I had been talking to someone who was in a band that I absolutely worship. And it was another one of those weird connections. Like a guy I grew up with ended up working, you know, like a regular job with one of the guys. The band is Grey Matter. They're, they're DC. This oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like that's in my top five of favorite bands. They're one of them. And it, 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 it amazed me that this guy that I knew that grew up in my area, you know, a very cool guy, Bill Jenkins. It's like, yeah, I worked with this dude and he was in a punk band for years. 
and he says he's got a lot of stuff and he doesn't really know what to do with it, you know, maybe you guys should meet. I was like, I'm happy to talk to anybody. If I can help somebody, right. I'm there. I was like, what, what band was your friend? He's like, oh, they were from Washington. I'm like, are you fucking kidding? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so it was, uh, it was Mark Haggerty. I reached out to him. My friend Bill put us together. And me and him and Steve Niles, who's also he was a huge horror comic. I, I know, I know, I know Steve really, pretty well. Like so, awesome. Mr. Cal McDonald himself, dude, is incredible. Yep. Yeah. And uh, we so we got together. We did a Zoom thing. So they, you know, they wanted to. They, you know, they had all their. But they're one of those bands that keeps all their shit. They have everything, and they just kind of wanted to put it together. And I was like, dude. You could like poop on paper and I'll put it out. <laughs> That's how much I love your fucking band. Seriously. So we started talking like Mark was in, 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 in the middle of like moving to, to New Jersey all this, and then COVID hit and we sort of lost touch for a bit, but I recently actually just reconnected with him. So I'm hoping once I get, once we get these other projects out, I can sort of, you know, start giving him the push. Like, come on, dude. Even like, let me see what you got. I'll mess around with it. I'll send something back to you. Let me know if it works, like whatever. But I want to do that. So I don't care if that book sells 10 copies and we take a bath on it. Yeah, but like dude. I, that's the whole reason I got into it was to like do awesome things with bands that I loved as a teenager. And so far that's what I'm doing. And talk again, Mark was a great guy to talk to him and Steve were just awesome. They sat through, my fanboy shit of like, yo, when you recorded this song, I heard this noise. Was that a message? Like, like super, super fanboyed out. They were very nice about everything. So I'm really hoping that comes together. I'm hoping I can, you know, persuade them to, to, to kick it into gear. Obviously, you know, Steve's got a great career and he's got tons of shit to do. So it's kind of one of those juggling things, but that's something I'm really hope. We, uh, a little while back, we spoke to our mutual friend, Mr. Gitter, about possibly doing some stuff. But that dude does a million things a day. He's, so he's like this, was, completely juggling everything, every single moment, every yes. single day. Like, yeah, so. And then, and then, like, goes to three shows every night. Like, every morning I wake <laughs> up on Instagram, like, oh, the Gitter was at 97 metal shows. Here's video from all of them. I'm like, how do you still have the energy to do that? Oh, dude, I just just. Show, I, I gotta be in bed for a week afterwards to recover. <laughs> just leaning on the bar, like no, I, I, I'm done. Give me, just give me coffee. I, I can't, I can't even. Yeah, exactly. Sciatica's playing up, but Jid is like, Aah! no. But we're, we're always. I mean, I'm always available. People, you know, email me if they have ideas. I tell them, great. We're not the kind of publishing house that's like, okay, I'm going to sign you to a contract. Yeah. Here's your big advance. We don't do that. Basically. You write your book. You t come to me and tell me you have a, a, a mostly finished book. Okay, then we take over. We'll, we'll get it printed for you. We'll distribute it. We'll get it, you know, we'll sell it to our website. We'll get it to your stores. We'll do the press for you, you know, all that kind of shit. So it's like I'm always constantly looking, listening for anybody that's got an idea. There are some people out there that, God, I hope if they ever write a book, that, that I get to work I would love I would love to put out a, you know a Paul Bear oh dude like, that's what I was going to say if you if, if you could persuade him to write it fuck that right? would be that would be yeah like and not even about sheer terror no like, I, to me like 
Paul Bearer is one of the most gifted lyricists I've ever encountered in any genre yeah. of music. The man specifies in just 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 what I would call the blues. Like there's no better every song he's written is a very personal, introspective soul crusher, and he's got a gift for language. And no matter how many people want to write him off as like, you know, big burly he's an no. incredibly intelligent, intellectual human being. Dude has the heart and of he a poet, wrote, man. He is just he absolutely. is absolutely yeah. And if that dude wrote like poetry, if he wrote fiction, whatever, I there's like two people in the music, or there's three people in this world that have a guaranteed deal for me should they ever want to. Paulie, Jimmy G from Murphy's Law, because that dude's life story would be the greatest ever. We did. You'd be laughed from page one onward, like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then our our very good friend, who I've been trying for ten years to get working on a book. Ken Salerno, the photographer. You, so, you, 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 you'll get him. You will get him. I hope so, man, because the shit that he's got that hasn't, <laughs> has never been posted or seen the light of day, it'll it'll make people's heads explode. Right, Honestly, so and, anything else you'd like to add before we... I don't think so. I'm very glad that I got to meet you. This was the most... Like, Dude, this has like, been a pleasure. Here. I wasn't even caring what we talked about. I just want to talk to you, my friend. Um, basically, I'm just keeping my head down, trying to keep as busy as possible. If anybody's listening to this that that fancies themselves a writer, we you know we basically we do nonfiction. We don't really do any kind of, of fictional stuff, just because I you know we wouldn't know. It's just me and Amy. So I don't have someone I could hand it off to that is a good judge of those things. And we want to just want to keep it to historic, you know, history, you know, documenting subcultures in the history. But if you've got, even if you've just got an idea, I can work with people. Hit me up in an email. My email is Stephen, S-E-V-E-N, at, and it's dwolf.com, D-I-W-U-L-F. Dot com. Anybody wants to check out what we do, just go to dwolf.com. It's got all our mission statement. You can read excerpts from the books that we've released, pictures, all that good shit. And basically, like, I'm having the time of my life. I'm doing exactly what I love, books, music. They're my only two interests in this world, outside of my cats, of course. And so as my wife is making noise in the other room (laughs) I am just glossing right over that books, music, cats you are in so much trouble later brother you really are it's a a mummy rap for me it's curtains (laughs) but no we're just you know we're plugging along like I said anybody wants to check us out anybody that's got an idea we're very open to a lot of stuff we like I'm, I'm talking to an old friend of mine. We want to branch out into other areas. I like, I want to do a book. You know, he's a visual artist. I would love to do a book of, of just a photo book of, of all the stuff he's right. done over the years because he's a, he's incredibly talented. Things like that. So, the only two things that we don't really do are 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 like chiclet, um, um, kids books. And, and like memoirs, unless you're really, really famous, like you know, yeah, nobody's really interested. Nobody in gives a shit. Yeah, no, well, we, no, who's going to read it? Like you know what I mean? Yeah, at the end of the day, well, you want to sell some books. Yeah, every one of us has the same story. We were outsiders. 
you know, we grew up in this time frame before the massive information. So we didn't know that there were others out there like us. We found our tribe. We found the music. It saved our lives. Yeah. Like, it, I'm the same way, but like, I can write that over and over again on Facebook. Nobody gives a fuck. No, Unless you like played it, played in a band. Like nobody gives a fuck. Yeah, it's the same old story. Play, rock, rock big, like that's that's all it is. Anyway, Stephen, it was an absolute pleasure, brother. I, it's it's I, nice to just sit down and talk to you at last after what like eight, 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 ten years, some shit like that. Oh man, easily, yeah, yeah, yeah. easily. So oh. yeah, I, I'm. So, Listen, I'm really honored that you had me on. Like, I'm, Dude, I'm, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. This is so great. I'm so glad that I got to meet you. And another thing, too, this, this won't matter to anybody else, but just yesterday, got an email from someone that you know. I believe his name is either Craig or Dave from um, the publisher. Earth Island Books. My pub- yeah. I'm sorry I didn't remember the name. I Like, I just started talking to him yesterday. Yeah. But we, we we're trying to work some stuff out, like some kind of like partnership just to even even if it's just like, oh, you posted something on Facebook. Let me repost it. Right, 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 right. But we're uh, we just like we got a three way email going, me and Amy and them. And there's there's so who knows it's something some really cool shit might come out of that. So, you know, like I said, we just started talking, so I don't have any kind of big bomb to talk. Oh, dude, yeah. Just gotta I'll work. Just gotta thing. work and gotta work. Like you know what I mean? You know what you gotta like, do. So if if we can hook that up and 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 because I'm 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 a very big fan of yours and I'm very oh, I would love to, to 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 do something, some kind of creative endeavor with you. So well, I'm I'm gonna hold you to that because that would be a dream come true, man. Absolutely, All right. my friend. Stephen, it has been an absolute pleasure, brother. Same here. Same uh, here. I'll see you, you soon, so my friend. You t- take care, and I will talk to you soon. See you, Stephen. Bye-bye. All right. As a famous cartoon rapper once said, that's all, folks. Uh, see you next time for Geekorama 15. Hope you enjoyed the episode, uh, and you're going to play it again and tell all your friends about it. That's it for us. Ta-ta!